Welcome to Table Pancakes. I am your host, Shelby. Hi, I'm Catherine. Welcome to episode three. We're happy you're here again. Sorry for last week's sound issues. You can hear us clearly again now. Promise you we're not going to be one of those bad audio podcasts. Loud and clear. You can hear us loud and clear. All right, let's get some check-ins going. How are you feeling, Catherine? I'm feeling pretty good. This week definitely felt like a sprint. Somehow we're in February. I feel like there's a lot going on right now. Everyone that I've talked to has kind of noticed this energy. Some of it is absorbing and processing the chaos and events that are going on around us. And some of it is anticipation and excitement for things that people are building or things that they're thinking about and want to bring to life. So there's there's just a lot going on. Well, I feel like your answers are always more astute than mine. I'm like, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, let me just sit with that for a second. I am doing okay. I am recovering from Sundance. Not even just like the act of what I was doing at Sundance, but just like traveling and I'm, I'm leaving again next weekend. So I'm just thinking about the moves and that was my first flight of January. And one thing about me is take a lot of flights. So I'm kind of gearing up for the next one, but looking forward, celebrating my friend's baby shower. I'm just like really excited to have some friend and fam time and take it back to Ohio um, next weekend. So I'm actually already looking forward to next weekend. I'm mostly just looking ahead, but otherwise doing well. This weekend's gonna be great. A lot of friends are in town. So just happy to like see some of my people and catch up. Good. Yeah, I I feel like this past week it went by very fast. It was very busy, but I still made time to meet up with quite a few friends, which felt really good. I reached a moment, I know I talked to you on Wednesday, and I was like, the cell phone, the computer, they have to go away. It's all too much. So loved seeing friends in person, but for some reason, technology was, was giving me a tougher time. Keeping in touch with my friends is rooted in technology. Like a lot of my friends don't live here, as we said in past episodes. Some of my closest friends don't live in New York. My sister doesn't live here. My parents don't live here. Like some of my favorite people don't live here. So how we keep in touch is super digitally, but the phone is always going off. It's like, yes, I'm 30 and I still have Snapchat, but like Snapchat's going off and like my Instagram DMs are going off and then I'm still on Twitter and I have all these people then like Slack and email, and then I'm like on Teams calls, and I'm just, whoa. So yeah, I do identify with the feeling that sometimes it just is a little too much. I kind of said a little bit about how we keep in touch with friends, but like, how do you mostly keep in touch with your friends? What is your model for that? Majority of the time is text messages, maybe Instagram DMs. Phone calls are very important to me. I can't say that I have a whole FaceTime situation like you do. I prefer audio only, but phone calls are definitely a big part of my week. And I have quite a few people that I'm keeping touch with chit-chatting on the phone. How about you? A lot of my friends are true millennials and don't like talking on the phone. I do have a select group of people who I call, but like I talk to my mom on the phone for like, I would say our cadence is like every two weeks, we're going to have like a three to four hour conversation. And I know that people are like, what are you guys talking about for that long? But two weeks have usually gone by. I never shut up. And my mom is actually quite an introvert, but like she'll say a lot. So my phone calls are definitely probably more family oriented. Some friends will call me, but like we do, we do some FaceTiming. We do a lot of voice notes. Snapchat, as I brought up, my college friends and I have like a group Snapchat where we are just sending each other random tidbits of our day. Like I'm sitting at the computer and I'm in a Teams meeting and I'm like, will this meeting end? And then someone else is like sending, they're going on a trip somewhere, just like random quips about our day. We engage there, lots of group chats. 
So like a lot of text messages. And then Instagram DMs. Like there's a lot of there's a lot going on in the DMs too. So like multiple touch points with fam and friends. And I love this because obviously being in person and being face to face is so special and important. But I'm not necessarily going to sit at dinner with someone and tell them about all of the mundane details of, of my day. But if I'm texting with someone, voice noting, that's where you get to know all of like the strange things that are going on, the little minutia of the day. And that's a, a fun way to really get to understand what someone's day is like and paint that picture. Yeah, it makes me feel close to people because people put like reference college relationships so constantly. Like, I want to go back to college where we lived in a walkable place and all of my friends lived in one place and we were in community. And while it's easy to romanticize that because like what a time, I think that adulthood isn't doomed. Like it is possible to share your day to day with people and like stay in community even though you don't live by each other. And I think sharing the mundane details helps that, especially for people who are single, because I think a lot of people think those details are reserved for romantic relationships. But like my friends and I tell each other so much. And honestly, like a lot of them are partnered, but it's like, oh my God, I had a terrible work meeting or like a friend told us recently, like she's not getting her bonus at work. And she was very irritated. One of the leadership people in her company left. She like left us a Snapchat, like, oh my God, they're leaving. I'm not getting my bonus. And it's like, that's typically something that like an out of town friend wouldn't necessarily tell you. It makes me feel very like I'm in it. Like we know what's going on with each other. And it does matter because it's like, you're not getting your bonus, so maybe we're not going on this vacation, or maybe you're stressed about this thing, and it just gives me more context to your life. Yeah, context was the word that I was going to say, because there's so many different events, happenings that you can share and update people on, but at the end of the day, there are so many smaller moments of context that really add up and help you to understand where someone's coming from. I think the more that you share, you have to get, as an individual, like, have to get comfortable sharing that because I think for some people it doesn't feel natural they're like oh people don't care but every friend who I voice note with or FaceTime with half the time it is random quips that we're sharing like when you know all these little things about people you're not necessarily calling them to be like oh my god I have to update you on everything because it's like we talk every day (laughs) so not really there aren't these major crazy updates it's just like building on the things you already know Obviously, we've had social media with us for so long, but as different platforms continue to develop, it's interesting to see how we go back to things like Snapchat that we used a long time ago, you know, use Instagram as a way to maybe it's for your career, but also to let people know what's going on what you've achieved, what's coming up for you, you know, big events or something like that. But then also how do you how do you use these platforms to to stay in touch and give your close friends a visual representation of what's going on? I love Instagram for that reason. So many different people from different walks of my life follow me there. I joke with people, almost every boss I've ever had follows me on Instagram, but like, so does my grandmother and my mom and then like my close friends from college and just people I picked up along the way. So the audience is vast in terms of who we're touching. So to me, when I post things, it's more like light because anyone from someone who used to employ me just to my own mom could be watching. So I do try to share, like if I'm traveling somewhere, like I'll post and like share tidbits of what I'm up to. And it does bring in some engagement in terms of people are like, oh, that looks cool. Or like, I'm here too. I think that happens to me so frequently where 
I'll post them at a place and someone will be like, oh my God, I'm here too. Or I was just there. Like whether they were just there and they're giving me like restaurant suggestions or they're like, I'm here too. Like, would you want to get a drink? Or like, what are you up to while you're here? Yeah. The network can be a little bit vast (laughs) in Instagram. Maybe not the place to get super, super personal all the time, but it is great when you're traveling or have an interest in a specific thing and you just put it out there and it's kind of like casting a net and you don't always know who's going to come back and surprise you and say oh yeah like I love this I can give you recommendations I can connect you with someone there Um, so there's there's definitely a lot of value in that do you use like the close friends feature or anything like that yeah I love close friends love close friends because for the reasons I just stated I'm not putting all of my antics on my larger story some people do and I just like really respect them that they're just like shameless on Maine. I love that kind of bravery. I don't possess it. Maybe if I work for myself, I'd be a little more wild, but like again, people from work follow me on Instagram. So, <laughs> when I want to like be a little messy or like share a tweet that's like maybe inappropriate or a TikTok video that's inappropriate or like I do the I used to do a series which I do it on and off where I post text messages that my friends send me that are very funny but I only post them on close friends. <laughs> like we can see all these different texts and I'll like comment and they're hilarious, but I'm not putting it on main. So like a curated group can see that. Got it. I don't have close friends. I feel like I need to set it up because there are so many of the moment things and I'm like, oh, this would be really funny, but it's just, it's not for the full audience. So maybe I need to get that set up so I can capture it in the moment. Yeah, I don't think people really got it. Instagram rolls out so many features and I just love social media. It's always, I was voted most likely to be on Facebook in (laughs) high school. That was my superlative. What does that even mean? Most likely to be on social media. They just pick a social media of the time. So I was dating myself. I'm the last person who got Facebook. The next year, it was like most likely to be on Twitter. So it's just like signifying most likely to be on social media. I've always loved connecting with people on the internet. So like whatever little feature they're gonna come up with, like I'm going to try it. And close friends just like ended up sticking. I guess the other thing too, there's the close friends, it's very authentic. It's just showing what's going on, what's really going on behind the scenes. What do you think about Instagram highlights, like stories in general, where you're seeing something that is maybe a little bit more polished and it's a group of people where some of them are your broader network, some of them are your friends. Like how does that impact your friendship communication? My close friends know the difference between Shelby, who's just like posting to the wide audience and who would like give them the more like raw content so some of my stories are curated and not like in an influencer type of way but just more like this this is what i want you to take away from this like they're very literal i have a lot of opinions and i find that on my more polished version of instagram i'm not really sharing all of those unless it's something that's like very palatable in my individual communication dms close friends when we're like this is crazy like this is my real take on this so i'll get a little like silly on instagram stories the polish of it all keeping it kind of light is people they judge our social media and like i'm not gonna say i don't care what people think about me because i do to some respect and i also think that people are grab like they're grabbing these little tidbits and i don't want people to make assumptions from the tidbits whereas like my close friends they know who i am so like they're like okay she's just being silly even if they don't agree with what i'm saying they're like i know her and like she's being silly well it's interesting because not necessarily my closest friends, but quite a few people who know me who have used anything that I've put on Instagram as kind of a 
a litmus test of like how I'm feeling or doing. And so, you know, I've gotten like phone calls from people where just, uh, you know, haven't talked in a little bit and they're like, oh yeah, well, I've seen on Instagram that you have this going on. So it seems like you're doing really well. And I'm just kind of perplexed. That's just kind of my polished social media account. That's just the tip of the iceberg. I was a little, I'm, it's happened to me a few times that I was a little surprised by it because I think my natural inclination is that what you're seeing on social media that isn't necessarily like the deep cut close friends like there's probably more to the story you're not getting a complete representation of how that person is doing and and all of the things that are going on for them social media can be tricky in that way because obviously people assume that you're okay if you're posting at all they're like oh you're posting on social like you must be fine it's hard because i think you should just check it on people like you can't take their social media moves as bible like oh like shelby's posting that she's on a fun vacation so like everything is fine but i'm on the fence here people should ask you how you are they shouldn't assume because you're posting you're fine knowing like what you've gone through like friends who are aware of that why would you be just inquiring that i'm okay or inferring rather that i'm okay based on social media but i think for me sometimes there isn't really anything more like like we're people with a lot of depth <laughs> and i'm not saying that everyone else is shallow but i have i'm like a double clicker on a lot of things where i'm like oh like is it this and like for a lot of people it just kind of is what it is so i think that sometimes people default to like oh like you're posting so you're good you're posting so you're happy you're posting so it's fine and like because they're like in my head i wouldn't be posting anything if i wasn't fine like that so i think people sometimes just deduce their own experiences and project them onto you i don't know i think people should ask how you are but i also think that like sometimes People are like they're posting, therefore they're fine, which is not probably the strongest conclusion. Don't forget to check in on your posting friends. You can ask them, even if it's not a like, how are you? Let's have a deep chat. It's like, oh, you posted you were at the Met. That exhibit looked cool. I was thinking about checking it out. How was the exhibit? Like, it's okay to just ask people how things were. And that could be a leading to like a deeper conversation. Because I think some people also are put off. That's kind of what I'm saying with like us and our depth. Some people are put off by like, okay so like what's going on like let's dive deeply and they're like okay like <laughs> calm down so i don't know it's kind of knowing your audience and you see it you know an instagram story for instance last like 24 hours in some ways it can be used as a double click to your point or it can also just be this like random blip that goes away someone sees it once for three seconds and then it's like oh Yeah, and like using Instagram as a barometer for how people are doing is like probably just a bad idea. I think people are just lazy, so there's also that. Fair enough. What else are you using besides Instagram? I'm using everything. I'm on TikTok. I, this really doesn't have anything to do with my friends, although I do enjoy seeing my friends repost on TikTok. People don't talk about this enough where you can see now what people are reposting in their feed and it'll show up in your feed. And my friends have some of the best reposts in the game. So while I'm not, a lot of my friends don't post on TikTok. They're just, they're just viewing. They're just watching. And so I was kind of like, why am I following them if they don't post anything? And now I know why. They're reposts. They're very funny. So I spend a lot of time there. And my friends and I send each other videos. I make some TikTok videos if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling it. I also spend a good amount of time on Instagram. Those are probably my two like popular social media. I like to tweet because I think people are funnier on Twitter. They have to try. It's written words. It's not about looking hot. Like it's like you have to be witty for your tweets to blow up. Also, like a lot of cultural commentary happens there. And I think the older we get, the more frivolous people act like that is. But like if you weren't tapped in on the Nicki Minaj and Meg the Stallion beef this week, I just I don't know what to tell you. Like I was on Twitter reading all the tweets. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Where are you? 
I guess for the most part, I'm on Instagram. I do really appreciate the curation of TikToks that get sent to me by text message. Shout out to you and Chelsea and Ashley. Just deeply appreciate the hand-picked TikToks that I receive since I still don't have an account. Um, But I've been thinking about that, so you might see me in that space. We'll see. Stay tuned. I feel like Instagram has it's something that I'm very comfortable with and it's fast, it, but it's becoming a little bit less about discoverability. And it's just like a fast way for me to interact with friends. It doesn't necessarily feel like this space where I'm going to find new things all the time. Yeah, I think the discovery is no longer the function of Instagram. I think mm-hmm. they're trying to make it more that way with reels, but reels end up just being things we already saw on TikTok because most creators post both places. And the TikTok cycle is just faster. So it's no longer for me like the Explore page and like seeing random people. Like the only way that people discover my content is a reel or someone who I'm friends with a lot of followers reposting it. TikTok is a place where I'm feeling refreshed, even though, you know, millennials are, it's a split house here where some people are like, we love it. And some people are like, China has all your data. But then they're the same people who use Clear at the airport for facial recognition. So I'm just like, that's neither here nor there but i do think that it sparks joy it sparks joy people are very funny some people are not but like there are a lot of very funny people and the comments are hilarious and i've just discovered a lot of interesting things there like my sleepy time mocktail the tart cherry juice with sparkling water and then i take my magnesium so like she's out i'm out i'm out like a light i learned that from tiktok I've learned like a lot of like cooking and recipes through TikTok and just like funny anecdotes that I wouldn't have known. They've resurfaced memories, like music that I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about that. And so it's just a fun corner of the internet and the algorithm really gets you. So I'm discovering more there than I am on Instagram. I think what I discover the most on Instagram is my friends posting things they like, where I'm like, oh, like I'll listen to your playlist or like, oh, you read this article, like, but I'm not discovering things from strangers. Absolutely. I feel like Instagram is a place where I'm able to see what my friends are making, creating, doing, and help amplify that. That's kind of what I feel like I use the platform for at this point. I like, I don't know, I like a little uncensored social media for my friends. Like with TikTok, it's interesting because people who have your phone number can see your TikTok. So like people who I know from high school have like been like, oh, like I saw your TikTok because you can sync your contacts, which I don't think I've done, but that's totally okay. (laughs) And people can like discover you and also like geographically. Mm. So if you tag your TikToks with like wherever you live, I've had people be like, oh my God, I've seen one of your TikToks because they're like, oh, I'm in Brooklyn and it's in my algorithm. It's in my algorithm. So that's been, it's just the whole thing has been interesting. And like have connected with people in there where people are like, oh, like I moved to New York. I'm from Ohio too. Like let's hang out or like, oh, I go to this workout class too because I posted one about black women going to Pilates and how like that is an interesting thing. And a woman was like, oh my God, like we should go together. Like I saw her in the wild and she saw the video and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, all right, we can do Pilates together. So it is interesting just like how it's getting a mind of its own. Yeah, I like the kind of rogue, loosey-goosey nature of TikTok. I also feel like I have friends that have created like Finsta accounts that are for a very small group of people, like 20 people, and you're getting like 
three posts or like a few stories every day, but you're really getting the the play-by-play of like what's going on. Sometimes it's like a poll of like, what movie should I watch later? Has anyone been to this? And it's just like a quick fire way to, to see what's going on for them. Yeah, Finsta is wild. Like the youth have Finstas, but then some people my age have Finstas. I'm fascinated by the level of unhinged that people get on there sometimes. Like I'm here for it. I think it's very funny and I'm tuned in to the Finstas that I'm a part of, but I'm like, it never occurred to me to start a Finsta. I am fascinated by what goes on there. (laughs) I'm closely following. Love to be a voyeur in the Finsta world. Okay, we talked a little bit about like texting behaviors and how you were overwhelmed with the phone and the laptop earlier, earlier this week. What do you attribute to your text overload? What is stressing you out about the comms and the laptop and the phone? Honestly, I think it's probably screen time. Okay. I'm not sure that it's the, like I think about this, like is it the cadence of the communication? Is it the notifications? No, I don't really find that that stressful. I think it's just after spending all day and all night on a computer and looking at a phone um you're in this like little technological universe it just like gets to be like your brain gets a little bit fried the texting itself it's the reality of how we stay in touch i know we've talked a little bit about group chats and that's something that i was talking to someone about this the other day and they're saying like i'm so overwhelmed by group chats and i get it but also i think there's that kind of rogue, loosey-goosey nature that we're talking about with TikTok is something that the group chat can bring into the equation. So I think there's something there. Yeah, I love a group chat, which is a polarizing opinion because people, I don't know, I think people like to complain. People (laughs) just like to complain. There's like, oh, the group chat, and there's so many texts. And like, why are you putting me in another group chat? But like, my theory is when you're, and I could be wrong, but for me, when I get irritated about a group chat, it's because I'm like, I don't really want to talk to these people or I think it's unnecessary for this to be a group chat because some group chats are social and some of them like are functional. So it's like, oh, we're all going on a trip together. So we're in this group chat. And then there are people who like want to have pre-trip chatter where they're like, what are we doing about this? And what are we doing about that? And like, sometimes I deem that as unnecessary. So I wish they would just be quiet, but like in a social group chat, I love it here. I'm laughing with my friends. We're sending each other tweets. We're sending each other TikToks. They're like voice notes. They're anecdotes, especially like, like as my friends are dating and like sharing updates about guys. Like we live in different cities. So it's so funny to get the like, all right, show us his Instagram. Voice notice about the date last night. What are you wearing? We do sometimes like, okay, this is the fit. And it's just a really fun way. You know, the girls will be girls in the group chat. And then I have group chats with like friends in New York, my writing group. Like it's just a good way to centralize communication, it feels very low pressure, like low stakes. I agree with that. I think what gets me is when logistics are sprinkled into the mix. No, I want it for fun. I don't want to have to scroll through 80 text messages of like fun tweets, pictures, etc., and then find out that the day of the dinner changed, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I'm like so in the weeds that I'm not going to miss that detail. And she's just but not going to miss I'm it. I'm just not going to miss that, but I feel you. I think people who don't read the group chat always are annoyed by it because they're not reading it. And so it, it moves like a ticker, like when it's going on. And if you aren't reading it, you are going to be like, and then the people are like, oh, well, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like, you just have to read it. There's no way through, there's no way to get through it, but to sit down. And sometimes my friend Maddie will be like, guys, stop texting so I can like, she'll stop the group chat. 
which I don't mind because it means she's reading it. So I'm happy to accommodate her. She's like, hey, okay, like, hold on a second. So she can read and then she'll reply to all the relevant things. And to me, like, it shows care because you can't have it both ways. You can't be like, I want to have so much fun in the group chat, but then I'm not going to, like, do the work because it's work. You have to read it. You have to understand the logistics. You have to reply to people. You can't use us for fun and then do nothing. <laughs> right. And it's a it's a group effort. We can't just have one or two people on stage. Right. Or like if because then I will just text that person. Like if I'm taking too much air in the group chat, because every now and then, you know, you'll be in exchange where like it matters to more people, one or two than the others. And so I'm like, let's just like just like you were at work. I'd be like, all right, like, let's offline this. Like, clearly this isn't the place to talk about this. The whole right. group's not involved. I know I sent you an article, I think it was earlier this week, it was a New York Times article, How Group Chats Rule the World by Sophie Hagney, and it was it was very pro-group chat, and it kind of shifted my opinion. It gave me an appreciation for just like that level of like fun, very low stakes, even though the the barrage of messages can be overwhelming. It's all in good fun, and it's ultimately a barrage of messages from people that you love and care about. So one of the things that resonated with me was they said it's a form of constant low-grade company that was both intermittent and dependable, and I kind of like that always-on, humming in the background, always there with you. You can just throw whatever you want into the group chat. In my, the mini bar, the college girls group chat, we literally, literally say all types of things. One of our friends is dating and she'll like tell us the things about the dating. I can't believe this guy did this. And it's like, she can say that any hour of the night. Like we're going to circle back. Um, Maybe not all at the same time. I'm usually the one who's like, oh, but like, it's just a place to go. And it's so silly, but then it's also a place to go when you like need someone. I just want to tell someone about this thing. And it's like a very low stakes, like your friends are going to be there for you kind of thing. And then sometimes we do have logistics. (laughs) Sometimes we do have to be like, okay, like, what are we doing about this? Like my latest group chat thing has been like, so what's good with this baby shower gift we're buying? We're not having, this isn't a fun group chat right now. I'm like, what are we buying for this baby shower? We mean business. Yeah, like I'm nudging. I'm like, so what are we doing? So it's kind of that mix of like fun, but also to me, it makes things easier because I can just talk in this group. I'm not like individually speaking to all these people. I like just kind of the the random things that you're just like putting in front of the audience and seeing what happens. And sometimes that does, it works better in a group than an individual, I think. There was definitely a situation a few weeks ago where a friend of mine thought that another friend would be interested in dating a puppeteer whose image that was posted in the group chat, none of us know this person was this man and his puppet, Muppet, I don't know. And that definitely was inspiration for some interesting discourse. Also timely this week with, with Elmo checking in on all of us. Yeah, Elmo checked in on everyone. And well, I'm someone who's on Twitter and saw the tweets in real time. I didn't see the aggregated Instagram ones and people are unwell. So the like even the highlights that people picked, it was bad. It was very bad. Like Elmo asked us how our mental health was and we were hanging on by a thread apparently. Yeah, that that group chat might have been a little too big for Elmo to take on. Yeah, people are just generally very unwell. Speaking of group chats, you were talking about being overwhelmed by them. But there's a concept we talk about, and this is new to me. I've always been a girl who answers her text messages. But I can't get my text messages down to zero. I cannot. I have so many. Right now, I have 38. And... (laughs) 
I'm not gonna respond to them all today. I might never. Sometimes I, I'm now doing this thing where it's been long enough. So like if you need to engage with me, you'll just like text me again. That's never been me. I've always been like inbox zero, like in Gmail and iMessage. Can't swing it anymore. Do not know what that's about. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Text messages, it used to be just like simple, easy, whatever. And now keeping text messages all read, responded to, is kind of like the struggle of reaching inbox zero, which is something that I never would have thought about in in the context of text messages. No. Because it's like varying. It's like, what do people need? Like, So if you just text me like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? I usually can answer that pretty low stakes. Like, I'm not bothered by that. Sometimes it's like things I have to do and I'm at work. So I'm like, I'm not really, I can't address that right now. Mark is unread. Or it's like, well, you connect me with this person, which I love doing. But I'm like, again, I'm doing something right now. Not now. Or it's like, sometimes it's logistical or it's a question I don't have an answer to yet. So I'm like, oh, I don't really know. So like unread. And sometimes I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't know why I'm not answering to this. I just simply do not feel like engaging. And then it's been too long and it feels awkward. And that's why I have 38 on the text And then you just wait longer because at this point it feels awkward that you haven't engaged. Yeah, and some people, I know it's not, they're going to be fine. Like, I know it's not that serious. If they needed something, they would just call. But sometimes I'm like, ugh, like, I don't know what to do about this text message right now. I don't, so I'm just going to leave it. I mean, in some ways, I'd like to hope that if someone's asking something of you or putting something out there that is not so simple to answer maybe the the response time kind of sits with them in a certain way <laughs> like you know what what did i just put this person through i also think we're used to reacting and responding so fast but when we're talking about you know text messages are a way to communicate with our friends our family colleagues people we're just getting to know like there might just not be an immediate response so yeah, I want to be that person, but it's kind of like I said with you in the group chat, when I text someone, I want them to text me back. So now I'm being a hypocrite. Like in some <laughs> ways I'm like, I'm actually, I'm texting you so you can respond to me. It's not a one to two business day exercise. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like in the next few hours, I expect a response back to this text. So I am being a hypocrite, but I do think sometimes the things people text me about, I'm like, okay, I don't really know what to say to that, but I'm getting better I, because I just am like, it, I don't like seeing the number. I don't like seeing the number <laughs> on my phone. So I'm like, let me just get back to people or at least heart what they said, like acknowledge that it was said. I also think what it is sometimes is it's people texting you and there's an action item and I'm like, I can't do that right now. Or they want me to watch something or like, you know what I mean? Which I'm cool with. I send people TikToks all the time, but like sometimes I'm like, I'm on the subway or like, again, I'm working or I'm in a meeting. So I just like unread. And then I'm like, I never went back to that. Doesn't go back to it. Yeah. And it's tough too, because sometimes I won't respond because I want to make sure that I'm giving a thoughtful response. But on the flip side, the person who sent me that message is not able to see like my empathetic, caring face looking at their message and really digesting it. They're just getting no response. Right. I'm, I'm trying to do better. Because like I said, if I text you, I need you to text me back. Like if I don't send text messages for fun. So I'm like, what's up? <laughs> Answer me. Yeah. If anyone has tips on how to manage text messages, please. Yeah. I feel like a lot of millennials are in the same boat. What really cursed me was taking iMessage off my computer. On my work computer, I don't have it. And then for a while, I took it off my personal computer when I put it back because I can really answer texts on the computer. I'm like, have my keyboard, do, 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 let's go, rapid fire. 
something about the phone. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Well, I actually don't have it on my computer and I think I need it on my computer because yeah, the exhaustion, I just put the phone down, go in another room. But that also brings me into voice notes. Yeah. I feel like if I find myself just not really having the energy to tap my little fingers into oblivion, it's going to be a voice note and you will get a more immediate response, but it might not be the most succinct response. Yeah. I mean, my friends and I, like Kate, we send each other some long, you, we send each other those memes all the time where it's like me listening to my friends, many podcasts, like Kate and I will send each other, no joke, uh, the podcast level voice notes, like 30 minutes of voice notes. Sometimes we go in the voice note app and then you send it as like one file. And I'm just like, she's like, yeah, I was just cleaning my room. I was listening to like my personal Shelby podcast and like, she'll leave me one. She's better at like breaking them down. But now voice notes has the function where your phone can like turn off. Cause I used to be my, Ooh, that used to annoy me. Cause I'd yes. be like, I'm seven minutes in <laughs> and it is restarted. But like now we just, we literally listen to them like podcasts. I'm like, mm-hmm. and then what happened? Like, full on and it's so nice because it's async especially from like kate lives on the west coast so it's like when i'm done with work she's still working like all that stuff our time difference but leave me a voice note i'll get back to you i got all the tea it's so nice yeah i just got a voice note from my my friend elise in amsterdam earlier this week uh two two notes because they were broken up by subject matter which i greatly appreciate and she messaged me at like 5 30 in the morning my time and it was just so nice to wake up and kind of like start the day talking to my friend, even though we didn't have the chance to actually, you know, be in conversation together. So it's so nice. I love voice notes. I've made, I've bullied other friends into voice noting. So now in our group chats, people will voice note if there's like a story. Okay, this happened. Do not send us a paragraph text. Like, send us a <laughs> voice not. note. And it's so nice to like hear it in their voice. And I also feel like people tell you more when they get to speak. They like kind of share more of the details that I, I wouldn't even bother typing. So it's kind of nice. It's like, mm, I feel like I was there. So I'm a big, big voice note girl, like love. I think we also can't underestimate, but maybe do like how much the human voice adds to that level of connectivity. I, I don't know that I've ever thought about it in that way, but I just think about when I hear a friend's voice, I'm catching on to their emotion. I'm also hearing, you know, other things in the background, if they're walking their dog or if they're cooking, it helps you to really feel a little bit more connected. Pro voice note. My last job is at a social media company that was all about using your voice and like the people I met being alone, not that I was really alone that much of the pandemic, but the times I was in New York in my apartment alone, I would listen to Clubhouse constantly. I'd like have it going like by my desk, I didn't want to like miss a clubhouse room and like the people I got to know just by voice. Obviously there are pictures of them, but like we would just use our voice and like meet people and be in these rooms and chatting. So there is like a certain intimacy to hearing someone's voice versus like reading text messages or reading um, social media posts. Totally. And again, less screen time, you can kind of step away and it's an opportunity to catch up on messages, but not have to be staring at a screen the whole time. Yeah. My goal is to be a voice noter. I'm not a voice noter in the wild. My friends like very much voice note me like when they're doing other stuff, like they're driving, they are on a walk. Like I don't talk in public. Like it, same with TikTok where people are like filming a guy who I love. I follow on TikTok. I saw him walking near my house and he was filming a TikTok. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't talk in public, probably because I say unhinged things. So 
I'm that's like my new my new goal because I feel very limited like oh I'm not home right now I can't leave a voice now but like I love that my friends like yeah I'm gonna walk what's up like I'm sitting on this bench oh my god look at these dogs over there like Kate literally gives me like a rundown of what it, the scenery I'm sitting in this park oh my god there's a dog over there like it's like a full narrative and I don't I mine are very much at my house I'm usually calling from a walk voice noting from a walk so I take it to the streets. Yeah, I'm in the home, so I'm like, maybe uh, you guys would get them more frequently if I spoke outside of my house. It's, like, <laughs> hilarious. Like, I'll be on, a, on the phone with friends and, like, getting into Ubers. Like, I'm not, like, a phone and do things person. If we're on audio only, I might, like, wash dishes, like, do things. But, like, if we're FaceTiming, if I'm voicing you, like, I'm doing that. Like, I'm not doing a bunch of other things, which limits the time that I can contribute to that. We've talked about catching up with... Friends, family, near and dear. What happens? What goes down when you get that that text every so often where it's someone coming out of the woodwork and they say, hey, Shelby, I'd love to catch up. Sometimes if it's someone I haven't heard from in a while, I've kind of like also been thinking about, I like it. Recently, I posted our podcast on LinkedIn and a mentor of mine reached out and was like, oh, like we should catch up. And like he reached out via LinkedIn DM. And then like we set time and we had like a very amazing conversation. I was excited to catch up with him. But sometimes people send me catch up texts and I'm like, I'm uninspired by this because like maybe a lot of time has gone by or like we don't really keep in touch. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really know what we would be catching up about. And I'm like down to talk to them. Like, okay, it's like nice. They've taken the time to reach out. But I'm like, do I want to give them like a... $50 dinner worth of my time like I'm like we should definitely catch up but like maybe we have a call or like get a coffee or something like you know sometimes people want to re-engage like that podcast you sharing it on LinkedIn is a really cool example that you're able to reconnect with that mentor sometimes people it might just be like oh you came into my head like we haven't talked in a while like let's catch up but then you're kind of like just not much to go off of and then sometimes people will need something and that's the reason for reaching out but then they want to do it in a gentle way. And personally, I think I would, you know, say, hey, hi, hello. I was curious if you could help me with this thing. Like, I don't need to sit at dinner for two hours and then come to find out you want to be connected to someone. Like, that's yeah. fine. Just let me know. That's that's a direct comps thing I wish people would master. If you want something from me, by all means, just ask me very directly. And when I can get to you, I will do it. I'm happy to connect to you. I'm happy to do whatever you ask of me, but I cannot stand when I'm asked to catch up under the guise of asking me for something. Like, just be like, hey, like that person you mentioned that does the thing, like, would you mind connecting us via email? You don't have to do anything for me to get that. As long as you've just been a nice person and I, you're not crazy, so I, f I feel comfortable introducing you. But otherwise, like, there's no need to have like a 50 to $100 dinner just for you to ask for a favor. I do think catching up People don't have like the language all the time. I think I told you this, how I bought something off Facebook Marketplace recently and the guy and I were just kind of chit-chatting. Like he was like, I was like, oh, like, what do you do? And then we were talking about podcasting. And he's like, yeah, I used to have a podcast. And like, he was cool. Like we were, we were literally chattering together for like this five minutes. And then he basically was like, I'd love to chat again. Or like, I don't even remember what he said, but I like from that, I gathered like, oh, you want to keep in touch. And he was like, yeah, 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 like that. And I remember thinking like, I think people are just kind of awkward 
I actually would love to keep in touch with them. We had like a very normal conversation and he was cool. But I think sometimes people are like, let's catch up because I kind of want to reinsert myself, but I don't know what else to say. How are you doing? Let's hang out. Like it's just a catchphrase. I think people are a loss for other words. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's just we don't necessarily have the language for it. So Yeah, and I think sometimes when I when I try not to play dumb when it's clear to me what people are insinuating. Cause I know that I have the words and that's something I've learned about myself. Use that to your advantage, but like help other people. Yeah, like give I, them some relief. Right. Cause I usually have the words. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you're saying this. And then they can like correct me or it's like a jumping off point, but I don't think people are always good at asserting like what it is they want from this interaction. Totally. You asked me earlier when I went out of my way to say that I was overwhelmed by text messages and technology. You asked me earlier, is it, you know, what is it? The the sheer number of messages you're getting? Is it the screen time? I actually feel like maybe what is overwhelming me is finding a way to thoughtfully stay in touch with people amidst everything else that's going on in my life and around me. I think that might be the root cause of of that overwhelm. It's also just like paying attention to your sense of self. Cause I was asking you this recently, like you were saying you're an introvert. And so we were kind of like talking about what that means. And you're like, I'm an introvert who probably speaks up more than the average introvert. But I was saying as someone who's raised by an introvert, I always interpreted more of like, are you getting your energy from people interactions or, or are you not? Do you need a time to like recharge? And we talked about that. And I think sometimes that's like, how our differences go where it's like sometimes I get so much energy like I just need like a boost like when I'm at that moment I'm just like oh I'm like depleted and I just over it I need to like socialize because <laughs> I, I like run to it because it gives me energy so I do think that makes sense where you're just like oh, okay like I'm depleted for the day <laughs> the last thing I want to do is like now engage with someone because you're also really empathetic so it like means sometimes like absorbing all their emotions and feelings and thoughts and it's like mm, that's I, I can't do any more of that today <laughs> we already felt a lot today <laughs> right and I'm I'm so if it's the right person like the right people give me so much energy and I will like I need to learn to control that a little bit, have some more boundaries. Cause I'm very much like, oh my God, let's stay up till one in the morning chatting. Cause I just love chatting with you. And I'm like, Chloe, you have to go to sleep. We do our best. I want to engage deeply. Sometimes text message is not the right time and place to do that, but also based on schedules of friends in New York city or distance from loved ones that aren't in New York. Uh, these are the options that we have. And so you know, sometimes even if I can't get into a full conversation, I'll realize, oh, I haven't heard from this person this week. And I, or I, you know, I haven't checked in on them since this thing happened. And so sometimes I'll find, or maybe there's no specific reason at all, but sometimes I'll find myself just kind of dropping in and saying like, hey, how's your week starting off? Or wishing someone a good morning. And again, it feels like a little bit silly in some ways as the sender, but at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not even really expecting a response. It's more just to to let someone know that I'm thinking of them. I think that's really kind. Like more people should send a, a thinking of you text. I do that sometimes. Like people will pop up into my mind from social media and I'm like, I'm seeing all your social media posts, but I don't really know how you are. So I might just be like, oh, like, what's up? Like, how are you? Or I saw you posted this as we were talking about earlier. Like, how's that going? or remembering things they told me earlier in the week. I try to follow up if someone said, oh, like I have an interview or I'm going on this trip. I try to like remember to be like, oh, like how's that trip? Or like, how was your visit to your mom? Just kind of that kind of stuff, keep people in mind. But as our network networks expand, it becomes overwhelming to me because it's like 
make new friends, but keep the old. Like I have a lot of friends I've been friends with for 10 plus years and I'm very much invested in what, what's good with them. Like I said, one of my good friends is pregnant. So I'm like, okay, like, how are you doing? What's going on? And like, we, and we want to see like the sonograms and like here, she just wanted her baby moon. And I'm like, I wanted to hear all the tea about that. And so it's sometimes I actually was going to ask you, like, how do you sometimes just like let those conversations be more light touch? I like to go deep with people, but I think what I'm realizing is I do not have the bandwidth to make every conversation a deep conversation. I think it depends. Sometimes I will make it clear. It almost sounds like setting a boundary where it's like, Hey, I wanted to check in about, you know, that thing that happened that you told me about last week. Like, how did it go? I want to know, do you have time later this week to talk about it? So acknowledging that I've been thinking about it and I want to hear about it, but like, if you send me three really long text messages, that might not be the best way for me to like process and respond. So I think sometimes that, you know, it's like, okay, maybe the time isn't right now to dive into it, but it's important to just, you know, send that like quick little ping, like, hi, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I'm thinking about this, you know, we can come back to it later. Yeah. I also think sometimes I take that for granted. So it's like a a good thing to remember because when you've had friends for a long time, you just like, you naturally do that. So I think Mm -hmm. remembering with new friends, I have to, I don't have to do that, but like it is a, it's a nice touch. Cause I think with my close group of friends, both new and old, we're in constant touch. So it doesn't always strike me. There are certain people, and again, it's social media. So almost for me, it's like, I need to check on my friends who aren't active on social media because social media will actually make me like jog. It'll jog my memory. I'll be like, oh yeah, word. She did say she was doing this. Let's see how that went. Or she posted about it, bet. Like my head will just put them to the top of the pile. But people who don't post at all, sometimes I'm like, yeah, what are they in the corner doing? Like, let me reach out to them. (laughs) Yeah, and I, I guess I'll give a little secret. One way that I feel like I've been able to keep in touch with people is to assign them different emojis in my contacts. And so that allows me to to understand, okay, like who are the people that I'm like talking to every week? Like, wait, I haven't heard from that person. Like what's going on? Or even it can be something like, oh, I know them from this specific industry and I wanted to get some people together. Okay. This would be a good group. Or, you know, I want to play tennis. Who's, who's mentioned tennis and that they would play with me before. Great. Put in a little tennis ball. I'm like, cool. I'll call that person. So I think that's, that's one way where it almost takes like the brain power out of having to like you know, I'm obviously thinking about all my friends, but from a logistical point of view, my brain is like swirling. It allows me to make sure that I'm capturing everyone, not just those people that like, yeah, I'm seeing their Instagram story and, you know, heard about X, Y, and Z thing. That's a good way. I was telling you how in college, I definitely had more of like an emoji system because you just were meeting so many people. So I'd be like, okay, like this person I know from this sorority or like this event, but now in adulthood, it's kind of, sometimes it becomes like mission critical. Like I'm like, I have two days to do something social and like, I'm really worried about these people. So what I'm finding is my second and third degree friends, I'm like, am very invested in them. I think that's what's interesting about having degrees of friendship. You have your close friends where you know all their happenings, but there are people who I don't talk to every day, but I'm still like very much like what goes on with you. Yeah. So making, I need to make more of an effort because when I get busy, it's the second and third degree friendships where I'm like, okay, <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah. Because I care, but I'm just like, I've been so in the weeds of my life and keeping my close everyday situation together that I'm like, so what are y'all doing? Yeah, and it, it 
in some ways when I was doing it, like assigning, I was like, this feels crazy. And why do I need a system to help me stay in touch with people? I guess it almost made me question. I'm like, do I care enough? But it, no, it just like, it makes it, it just made it easier. It's, it's really about cutting through the clutter of everything else that's going on in your life and just creating a system that allows you to be like, okay, I do want to make sure that like this person, this person, this person, okay, cool. I'm reaching out to them because I haven't yeah. heard from them. And however your brain works really, like I, there are certain people who aren't going to let me go five days without talking to them. So I think that <laughs> is why in my head sometimes too, it's like, if I don't say anything, there are people who are going to be looking for me. Once someone is going to nudge someone to be like, yo, it's been four days. That's not okay. Like, what are you doing? So I, I'm thankful for that. In the times where I get a lot less in the, like into the weeds of communication, they're like, where are you? text messages, DMs, all of these things. It's it's a replacement for being able to like knock on a neighbor's door, right? And so, you know, when I send that like good morning text, it's like when we're in college, you have roommates, you you run into each other within 15 minutes of being awake. Or if someone lives across the street from you, you see them when you're on your way to work or on your way to the grocery store and you know, some of that just just happens to be living in our in our phones for now. But I think the neighbor thing is interesting because now that I'm living in Bed-Stuy, like I've said before, like so many of my friends have moved here. So there has been this model of like, oh, like I'm just going to stop by your house. Last Saturday, definitely wasn't trying to go out. I had offers to go out. This is what's interesting about being in your 30s. In my 20s, if you offered me to go somewhere, I'd be like, what are the options tonight? I'm picking one of them. Now in my 30s, I'm like, the options are presented. I could easily pick none of them. And not even because they're not strong options, but just because like I'm tired. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I actually can be bothered with this. A couple friends were going out and they're like, okay, we're just going to stop by your house. So they like, there wasn't a plan all day for them to stop by my house, but they came by and like brought a bottle of wine and we like split wine and listened to music and caught up before they went on their plans that they tried to convince me to attend. To me, like the drop-in culture has been very interesting because like now that I live, and this has happened to me a couple of times in New York and also in Chicago, this was, I've just been lucky because I spent all my adult life in major cities. So we all kind of live near each other. Like in Chicago, everyone graduates and moves to like Lakeview or Lincoln Park. We all live on the North side. <laughs> so it's kind of like every person I was friends with lived walking distance of me. And so we were always walking to each other's houses and like going to bars and having these very easy meetups. And then when I moved to New York, as I shared, it's like, my college roommates lived walking distance of me. And now that like Bed-Stuy is having this moment, it becomes that too, where I have several friends, close friends who are just like, oh yeah, like I'm in walking distance, I'm not doing anything. Or like, I'm walking towards something by your house, like I'm gonna come by. It's funny because my mom always used to be like, my mom does not love when people randomly drop by her house. And she'd bring this up as a pain point all the time. Like, Ugh. like I just, I think it's, she thinks it's rude. And I would just be like, yeah, it's not really like a problem I have where people are just like, can I come to your house? But I'm like, now it very much does happen. But oftentimes, like, I enjoy the company because it's kind of, like, on my turf. Like, that was a perfect way to see friends on Saturday. I socialized for a bit. We had a little wine, listened to a little music. I heard how they were doing. And then I had the rest of the night to, like, mind my business. Like, I didn't have to spend a bunch of money and, like, be in a loud bar. So I actually end up enjoying it quite frequently now that people are dropping in to my house. Yeah, I love a drop-in. And I think it's, like, that's one of the things that I try to do. Not too many people live in my direct neighborhood. So if I'm going somewhere... I, you know, maybe I have dinner with a friend or I'm going to an event, going to an art exhibition. I'll say, hey, I'm going to be in your neighborhood. I only have, you know, 30 minutes, but I'd love to drop by if you're around. I know one of my friends is super busy. We're going to see each other on Saturday. And, you know, Gabby was like, yeah, I have like about an hour. 
I'll be, you know, I got to run these errands and then I'll like, but I'd love to catch up and we can grab a bite to eat. At the end of the day, everyone's so busy and it's one of those situations where it's like, you might not have, you know, the full day as your oyster to do whatever you want and kind of squeezing in that time, dropping in, dropping by, doesn't mean, oh, I can only, I can't make enough time for this person. It means despite everything I have going on, I'm going to do the best that I can and be there. Right. And also not being offended if people are like, I'm kind of good on that. Because I do, I do think that like, <laughs> it's funny, like growing up with a mom who does not like drop-ins. The one thing about drop-ins that stresses me out is I like to host, right? Like I like there to be food at the house. I like there to be kind of a vibe at my house. And so if I'm like, there's no vibe here. Like I don't have anything to feed you. Like I don't have sparkling water. I'm like, I don't really know if I want you in my house. I have nothing to give you. And like, I'm <laughs> Or if it's just like a day where I've been like so busy, like I'll come off from traveling and like my friends are the best and they're like, okay, like we haven't seen you, like let's hang out. And I'm kind of like, I just was speaking to people for a week. I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> Close friends know. And I'm like, all right, I've hit my limit with that. That's cute. Like I need to be alone now. Yeah, on to the next thing. And I, I do think that's a sign of closeness, me like not being overly polite and be like, hmm, like silently wishing they were leave. Because if I didn't like you, I would just suffer. But I'm like, this is a close enough friend. I could be like, okay. Yeah, till next time. <laughs> right? <laughs> Loved this hang, but now I'd like to be by myself. We have some work to do. We have some text messages to answer. Yeah, uh, we got to hop on that. I don't know, maybe I'll FaceTime someone. Yeah, I think you should like get into FaceTime. It actually is so fun. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know how I got into it. But I love FaceTiming with people and seeing their facial expressions and... Sometimes we add, this is Trey's thing, he adds random people to FaceTimes. So like we were talking about a dating app, or no, no, not a dating app. We were talking about dating coach, Anwar, that dating coach we're obsessed with. And one of his friends used the dating coach and he was like, oh, I'll add her to FaceTime. But I've, I've met her for full context. It wasn't a random, like I have met her, but it was still, we were on FaceTime with her just like like tell us the tea and it's like i'm sure she was just minding her business at her home and then we were like just were like okay tell us everything and then we also facetimed with his mom like one day we were on facetime and he just like added his mom which was like a grand time because you get a sense of people's environment like i've never been to his home where his parents live but it was like seeing his mom in her room and like what she's doing and her facial expressions as we're talking and she could see my apartment and like it's so funny. And I like to FaceTime with my grandma too. My grandma also FaceTimes. Love that. So like she gets on there and um, my first cousins who are like young, I mean, they're six and four. And so we FaceTime with them. Like I love a good FaceTime. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've talked about like audio, hearing voices, video, getting on the FaceTime and keeping it kind of like rogue and loosey goosey. So hopefully everyone takes a moment this week, weekend to reach out maybe in a way they haven't tried before and see how it goes. Yeah, try something new and let us know how it goes, hopefully well. All right, have a good week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Table Pancakes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to drop us a line, our email address is tablepancakespod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. 